And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey everybody, and welcome to the World of Myth Bits, episode 57. I am your host, Stephanie Barty, and this is Magazine Review. <laughs> Almost need like a soundbite for that. Anyway, so sorry about the magazine being delayed by a day. Um, for a change, it wasn't my fault. I was not sick. Uh, no, there's any fault anywhere. Um, Dave, who owns the magazine and numerous other things that we have and do, he has a very sick little girl. And um, as a parent, you you know, and you know, even as an aunt or an uncle or as a grandparent, you know that when a small child is sick, that takes your entire focus. So um, we're all hoping Lily gets better and. That's why the magazine was delayed by a day. Okay, so, I think, um, PCE, don't forget, PCE, you can come and have a good time. Um, we've just confirmed Jennifer Nash, we've confirmed others, but the latest confirmation is Jennifer Nash, and she was on Star Trek The Next Generation, and I believe, and Home Improvement, that I know for sure, I love that show one of my favorite shows. So she will be at PCE. Um, yay, I'm excited. And that is uh, February 8th, 2020 at the... Okay, let me see if I can get this right. High Desert Toyota Pavilion Fairgrounds, I think. Don't quote me on that. Go to the website, which is... I'll give it to you in just a second, because, you know, of course, I'm, again, not prepared. Um, I am prepared to an extent. <laughs> I knew the episode this time, the episode number this time. I knew it was magazine review. I talked about pop culture, or the, the pop culture expo. Um, where is the website? Okay, you can get tickets on Eventbrite. I'm just trying to find, you would think I would know the website off by hand, but you know how many websites I have to remember. Okay, it is www.jayzomonspopcultureexpo.com. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N-S, popcultureexpo.com. And it'll give you all the information, everybody who's going to be there. We're adding vendors pretty much on a daily basis. And yeah, so it's going to be great. I am very, very much looking forward to this. Not just because I get to get out of Ontario, Canada in the coldest month of the year and go to California, but because it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so uh, that took up three minutes and 20 seconds. Yay, me! <laughs> um, don't forget to go over to um, the jazomon.com website and you can check out all of the podcast on the Jazomodcast network. And we have a few actually. Excuse me. There is the World of Mythbits, which is, you know, the best podcast on the network. There's, oh my goodness, excuse me. There's Who's the Boss, which I believe is coming to a close. There is My Public Life as an American Nerd, which will be going on winter hiatus. And Dispatches from Shed Quarters with Mike and Jason. And those two are absolutely hilarious. And Paradise City, if you like old rock, good rock, the way music was made to be, the way it was supposed to be, you're going to love Paradise City. And then we have all of our syndicated podcasts. We have The Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, we have the Delivery Bros Podcast, the Movie Madhouse, Too Opinionated, Too Opinionated, and the Days of Comics Past. 
So that is at the jaselmon.com, Jaisal Modcast Podcast Network. Go check it out. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N dot com slash J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-D-C-A-S-T. So check it. Do it. Do it. You know you want to. Okay, I know. You're all sitting here waiting. Go tell them, bitch, shut the hell up. Get into the magazine. Okay, so first of all, I would like to say congratulations to a new writer that we brought in that came and joined us last month by the name of Michelle E. Lowe. And she won um, Member of the Month with her story. And um, congratulations. Uh, first of all, she's a new writer. And, and um, yeah, so congratulations. Now, not only did she win Member of the Month with her uh, podcast, or, I mean, with her story. Wow. Focus, brain, focus. <laughs> She also caught the eye of the Mythmaster himself. So if you go over to the podcast tab at the top of the um, World of Myth page, you can listen to her podcast with our resident psychopath, the Mythmaster, and see if she survives. All right. So, sorry that my intro was a little short this month. Um... Again, priorities. Okay, so we're going to start out with Drabbles and Flash Fiction. And we have Blurred Lines by David K. Montoya. Now, Drabbles are... I can't... I've tried. I, I talk too much. I have too many things to say. I can't do... I, I can't. I've tried. I can't. I'm going to keep trying until I can. But, yeah. So, I found this one... Um, or dark, but in that darkness there was some um, some strength, some determination, and <laughs> even though you know he kills them in the end, um, he the narrator makes a decision. He makes a choice. He takes control of his situation. So. Check it out. That's Blurred Lines by David K. Montoya. And then we have Alluring by Gabriella Balcom. And this tells the tale of, I want to say, uh, uh, yes, it's it's a vampire. It's, it's a vampire. And it's the moment that this va- female vampire is drawing her next meal in and um, how he's falling under her spell and um, becoming hers basically and going willingly to you know her her dinner table basically (laughs) and then we have Wish You Were Here by Christopher Bice now Christopher usually stays over in the poetry lane so I was very pleased to see um, him submit a drabble. And wow, it was a hell of a drabble, let me tell you. Um, you're reading it and you're, you're, you're reading about this guy and he's, he's um, recuperating and he's doing really well. And, you know, it's sad because you find out his friend doesn't make it. And then there's that slap of reality when he gets home that he gets in the form of a postcard and it really cements the fact that his friend did not make it. Um, I'm not going to tell you why his friend did not make it because I want you to go read it. It's a very, very powerful um, travel in respect to something we should all just have common sense about. So, well done, Christopher. I enjoyed that. Uh, my computer is taking forever. Okay, so now we're going over to fantasy, and we have my story, Aftermath. And this, I know I've missed a month. Um, this is picking up from the moment that Celeste and Merrick wake up, um, and they realize that they remember everything. 
right from the very beginning, from the moment they met. And it explains, um, well, it doesn't really explain, but it goes into the confrontation that they have with the elders and um, the things that they are willing to sacrifice for each other and um, what exactly they know. Because with them remembering, um, all the past incarnations up to this point have never remembered all of the past lives, every incarnation, right back to the very beginning when they were just Celeste and Merrick, not the Huntress, not the Warrior, not Divine Keeper. Um, so this is something new that the Elders have never experienced before. And Celeste pretty much calls the Elders out on their crap. And um, Merrick's none too pleased either with the path that the Elders have set the two of them on and the things that they have done. So this is the next installment, and it's called Aftermath. And if you haven't noticed, it is starting to wind down to the end of this tale. We're getting closer to that epic battle. So that's Aftermath by me. And then we have uh, The Rising, <laughs> Part 6 by Jeff. And we find this um, installment is focused around Draven. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Um, yes, I think I, I have a little um, book crush on Draven. I really like Draven. I love his personality. I love, I just, I love Draven. So this installment focuses on Draven and his trip into the forest looking for um, the missing sentries that they had sent out and, and the missing warriors that had gone out and trying to find out why they hadn't returned, um, if you remember that from the, the previous installment. So this tells about his journey and um, things that he comes into contact with, things that he meets, and he finds this, you know, man hiding in a tree. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed it and I think you will too. It's it's This story is really starting to pick up pace and things are really starting to happen. Um, and I do look forward to these installments every month because I really do like Draven. I really do. Thank you. This is, I got an installment that was entirely from Draven. About Draven. So I am a happy camper. Okay, so that is The Rising Part 6 by Jeff R. Young. Well done, Jeff. And then we have The Missing Wallet by Gabriella Balcom. And it's not exactly a fantasy, but it didn't fit into any other category. This is a love story. And it tells the tale of um, a man and a woman, and the woman is desperately trying to surprise her boyfriend with um, little gifts and things to basically let him know how much she loves him. Unbeknownst to her, he had the same idea. So this is a true love story with a beautiful ending. Um, and I, I really think you'll enjoy it. So that is The Missing Wallet by Gabriella Balcom. And it has, I mean, if, you, if you're going to read this, take notes, because it gives you some really good ideas on how to surprise your loved one with um, sweet little gestures and um, like a little, almost like a treasure hunt when he's looking for something and, and little ways to tell them that you love them and why. Things that you'll do to tell them that you love them. So that is The Missing Wallet by Gabriella Balcom. And then we have Squee, The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies, Part 7 by David K. Montoya. And this installment is not only by David K. Montoya. This is by Zoe Montoya as well, as she had a huge amount of input into this installment. 
and I really enjoyed it. Um, Zoe has a knack for, she has an incredible, incredible imagination, and she is a natural storyteller. And you will see that by reading this. Um, she pulls in, um, she pulls on your emotions and she draws in, um, she draws you in and she breaks your heart because she did. She, there was, there was sections of this story that, um, I was just like, oh, oh, oh poor babies, those poor babies. And she uses, um, real life experiences to make the characters believable. And she, <laughs> I have to say, the comb forest was ingenious because, I mean, you ask any little girl, what was the worst thing after a bath was getting your hair brushed? Oh, my mom used a fine tooth comb to get all those knots out. It was not fun. So I was, yeah, I was kind of holding my scalp as I was reading that part going, yeah, no, I felt so sorry for those girls and for Ken. My gosh, imagine the hair. But um, it's a really good installment, and the story is really starting to pick up speed. And um, it's, I mean, it's always been interesting, but now there's, I don't want to give away the ending. Um, but, yeah, it's, it'll kind of make you go, oh! And I think that was the only part that Dave actually had a hand in, to be honest. So... That is The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies, Part 7, by David and Zoe Montoya. And that, I believe, thus that finishes off our fantasy section. And now we go over to horror, and Michelle Lowe, Michelle E. Lowe, is back. And she brings us Part 1 of Project RD. Now, when I first read... Um, when I was first told about this story about zombies that go to rehab, I thought, okay, this is going to be a humor. This is going to be funny. Zombies in rehab. Okay. And then, um, I got the story. I started reading it and it fit horror. It is a horror story and it is a new twist on, um, the zombie genre to begin just to begin with it's not like the mindless brain-eating zombies of day of the dead or dawn of the dead it is not the mindless eat any part of your body that they can zombies of the walking dead this gives an entirely new spin to the zombie tale which i loved I loved it. Um, I love seeing an old idea brought in with fresh eyes and a new twist. So that's Project RD Part 1. And I think you're going to love Alex. He's a smartass, basically. Um, he's got some issues. And... Um, yeah, so check it out. Project RD. It's not your average zombie tale. I'm telling you. It's really good. And I mean, it's not the, the flesh-eating blood, guts, and gore all over the place kind of horror either. It's a holy crap. Okay, so then we have uh, Tell the Bees by Chip Jet, who is a, another new author. Now, this has significance in my family, um, being that we're Irish. Um, when a loved one dies, you tell the bees. And the bees tell everybody else. Especially if it's, especially within beekeepers as well. When a beekeeper dies, especially if that ha had hives for a long time, you tell the bees. Bees are intelligent creatures, but when somebody dies, you tell the bees and they tell the spirits, they tell the afterlife, they tell the, 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 the others. So tell the bees is a kind of special place in my heart. 
and this one, this story by Chip Jet, using that um, mythology, it's an incredible take on it. It really drives home the intellectual ability and the hive mind ability of a colony of bees and what happens when somebody dies and what they'll do for the next in line basically so i really enjoyed tell the bees by chip jet um i think you will enjoy it too it is a little freaky um i'll give you that you're not going to hear a buzzing and not kind of go with the after you read this because i do and it's november so there aren't any bees out in the boat right now so tell the bees about chip jet then we have um now we missed totally my fault part two to lost in an endless night by patrick quinn and part one was in our September issue, I believe. So what we've done, because I missed part two, it's been a month or two, oh, excuse me, oh, since um, we printed it, is we went ahead and we printed part one and part two in its entirety. So Lost in Endless Night, you find yourself following the story of a scientist. And not just any scientist, but he, he is a specific kind of scientist. And he studies fossils and, and um, he's archaeologist. I think that's the word I was looking for. And he finds himself um, kind of trapped in this, this cave. Um, And he, he finds he finds himself um, he gets out of the cave and he, he finds this almost like a rock wall with a plateau on his way home and of course you know being a scientist that studies rocks he's got to get out and find out what's going on so he does and then part two explains to you what happens after he goes through those doors and um i'm claustrophobic and my one of my greatest fears is being trapped underground in a cave so this story really sent shivers down my spine so well done patrick that is and terribly sorry that we missed part two when we were supposed to put it out and that is lost in an endless night by patrick quinn and then we have winter by stephen bruce now, Stephen knows how to write horror in a way that you're questioning everything that's going on. It makes you think, and it's like, what? Okay, wait. What's going on? Um, and he brings just everyday scenarios and everyday sounds and everyday things that... And he, he writes them in a way that make them scary and creepy. And, you know, trauma, a past trauma, come back to literally get you. Um, yeah. And I'm sitting here talking about this story, and I have my foot hanging over the side of my bed. And I have now just brought my foot up onto the bed. Because you never know what's under your bed. Just saying. So that's Whimper by Stephen Bruce. I really look forward to his, his stuff. He knows how to write horror. And then we have The Pond by Don Braille. And that's, that's another fear of mine is drowning. And this one, I mean, you think I would know better. And I say this every review. I have to stop reading the horror stories at bedtime because Stephen's and Don's and a couple of the other ones um, Michelle's have really given me some technicolor nightmares this past month, let me tell you. The Pond is almost a story of retribution. Like, you 
you feel sympathy for Nigel for what he is having to endure at the end of the story. But at the same time, you're like, dude, you deserve that. That's, you know, you did that. That is all on you. Um, because he's not a, he's not a nice man. He's a sick puppy. So, yeah, it's a good retribution story. It's a good, <laughs> take that, karma's going to get you kind of story. And I really enjoyed it. Um, again, drowning, not a thing I want to do. So this one freaked me out. Oh, the horror freaks me out. I'm such a wuss. Okay, and then we have The Isle by Steve Carr. And this is very reminiscent for me of um, The Wicker Man. And I really enjoyed it. It's not your typical... For me, it didn't seem like a typical Steve Carr story. So it was really nice to see him kind of step outside of that normal horror that he writes and writes something like this and having, you know, him shipwreck on this island. And it makes you wonder, like, are there islands out there that are inhabited by people that have no idea what's going on in the world? That landed there just the same, crashed, you know, centuries ago and have just, you know, continued to live there century after century generation after generation raising their families and and living on this island having no concept of what's going on and no concept of the laws and and um social norms and creating their own laws their own social norms their own acceptable behavior so this story really raises some interesting questions but um yeah, and it, there's a little twist at the end of the story, too. So make sure you read it all the way through and you pay attention because it's really good. And the twist kind of made me go, what now? <laughs> so that is The Isle by Steve Carr. Now we're going over to Action and Suspense, and we have The Cat and the Columnist by Patrick Quinn. The reason why Patrick has two is because I was a dork and forgot to put part two of the one before, so... So, The Cat and the Columnist. Now, this, any writer who, or any, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows a writer that has a cat or two. And they, at times they seem to, oh, excuse me, at times they seem to um, condemn you with their looks. They can answer questions with a blink. Um, they, I mean, like the meme on Facebook says, if they had a cell phone, they still wouldn't text you back. Um, so this is a different view on that, and it's really good. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it, and... It has a couple of funny parts to it, especially if you have a cat. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, it's in three parts. Um, all three parts are up. So, give it a read. Give it a vote. Give it a comment. Give it, give it, give it. There you go. So, that is the cat and the column Column the Columnist. Not communist. Columnist. By Patrick Quinn. And then we have um, Liberty's Call, Part 6, Volume 2 of the Liberty Showhire series. Showhire series by Walter G. Esselman. I'm really enjoying Liberty this series. And I'm glad. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Oh, I'm at my sister's, and I'm up early every morning 
um, to hang out with my nephew and my niece. And, you know, things are busy in this household. Things go, go, go in this household. So, and I've started doing a daily workout with my sister. So, I'm tired. <laughs> okay, so we have Liberty's Run, Volume 2, Part 6, by Walter G. Esselman. And this finds the crew heading out to restock and find supplies, um, mostly medical supplies, because they are definitely running low. And they run into some interesting things along the way. Um, not ROMs. This is something entirely different from the ROMs. And um, this is kind of an organic thing. So... I think you'll really enjoy this installment. I know I did. And um, Uncle Danny is, is warming his way in there, let me tell you. really like Uncle Danny. He's, he's a softie. He really is a softie at heart. But uh, Liberty is, is... She's starting to... Um, you can start to see the strain on her of this whole excursion and having to take care of everybody and be on the watch for everybody and she gets a little snippy in this one um but yeah you really enjoy this and this will part seven will be continued in january's issue is Liberty's Call by Walter G. Esselman. And then we have Boom by Melissa Small. And Boom also made our featured article this month. Now, I think in the States, you guys just had Veterans Day. And we have something similar, as I explained on a few podcasts ago, called Remembrance Day. And this is a story told from a soldier's point of view in the front lines, in the, the, the mud and the muck and the blood and the gore and all you can smell is your friends dying around you. And it just, it's a very powerful image that she paints with this story and the things that um, the young soldiers had to face when they went off to war. Many of them left brand new wives and brand new babies at home. And off they went to war and never came back. Um, and this this talks about things that they had to endure and the conditions. And it, it really gives you a glimpse into what it was like. Well, not what it was like, but a description of the conditions of what it was like. Because you can't know what it's like unless you were there. So, well done, Melissa. That is boom. By Melissa Small, our featured article this month. Okay, so heading over to science fiction, and we have Jane, Jim Bates, or James Bates, and he is new, and we have At the Biodome. Now, this, I was told, is the first in a series, but it's also a standalone story. So, if you would like to see more from him in the series, make sure you comment and you vote and you let him know. This is something that could very well possibly happen. Um, it's very dystopian. It's very um, Handmaid's Tale in the aspect that the husbands and wives are housed in one place, the children are housed in another place, and very rarely should, should the two meet um, because food needs to be rationed, water needs to be rationed, training needs to be done for the next generation in order to continue with the survival. Um, emotional contact is not allowed because emotions cloud decision-making. So it's it's something that really make, it's a story that really makes you think like what are we doing to our world how are we going to end up like this 
So that is At the Biodome by Jim Bates. And then we have It's Christmas Time by Suzanne Thomas. I know Christmas, it's, it's a little early, but it was really good and she submitted it. So there it is. And um, it's again, it's another one of those stories where you're thinking, is this possible? Are we going to be living on other planets in the coming years? Are we going to be growing strange things and eating strange things because everything that we're used to is gone? And, and our, our, um, our traditions and our, our celebrations, how are they going to look? If things change and how the climate change and the the things going on in the world around us how that impacts little things like Christmas so I think you'll really enjoy it again it's another one of those thought-provoking ones that kind of make you go hmm I need to think more on this and that's It's Christmas Time by Suzanne Thomas. And then we have Decisions, Decisions by James Rumpel. Oh. And this finds um, a young, well, nobody's young, but a man by the name of Wes. And... His encounter with some not-so-normal things that are not necessarily of this world. So, it has a very alien feel to it, shall I say? <laughs> um, yes, if you're looking for a good alien story, this is it. This is done very well. It's very believable. And... Um, a lot of the terms and, and, and things that he's using are things that we're familiar with. So it's, it's really good. I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, obviously I enjoyed it. It's in the magazine. Um, I'm not a big sci-fi fan, but this one, this one pulled me in and, um, I enjoyed it and it, it kind of inspired me to maybe try and write a sci-fi story. But, uh, yeah, so you'll really enjoy this one. I highly suggest that you read it. And remember, don't forget to comment and vote. And that's Decisions, Decisions by James Rumpel. Thank you for coming back again this month, Mr. Rumpel. And then we have Humor by me. Don't upset the Google lady. Now this, I'm going to have to, I'm just going to tell you this. I did not embellish this story at all. I did not change the events. I did not add things to the events to make it funny. This is, I wrote this down and told this story as it happened. Exactly as it happened. The wife is me and the husband is my husband. And it was our annual anniversary trek to our cabin that we rent up in um, the Calabogie area of Ontario. And we learned the hard way, do not upset the Google lady because she will take you up a mountain and try and kill you. And it's not in the story, but after we got back to the cabin, I put the directions in again and tried to follow where we we're going. And the map would not take us up the mountain that she took us up. So, just letting you know that I did not embellish or add to or change any part of what happened in this story. This is how it happened. This is, except for the swear words. I did leave the swear words out. There were quite a few. Um, Mother of God was not necessarily Mother of God. 
<laughs> um, there is a video of said trip up mountain that cuts out just as I'm starting to slide back down the mountain. So, um, friends have seen said video. They will vouch that this is true. So, that's Don't Upset the Google Lady by Stephanie Barty. That would be me. And that rounds out our story section for this month. And now we're going to pop over to poetry. And we have, first up, Linda M. Crate, who is a new author to us. And she has Ancient Curses and Ferocious Beasts. And it's a fantasy poet poem, and I just love it. It invokes so many um, images when you read it and really takes you to that mythical, magical world. Um, and it's, I really enjoyed it. It's Ancient Curses and Ferocious Beasts. And Linda will be back again next month with another one for us. I already have it. So check her out. And don't forget to check out the bios because in the bios, a lot of time are links to the author's websites and to books that they have for sale. So don't forget to check out the bios. Now we have um, another new author, Holly Day and The Last Stop. And this one is, it's an emotional kind of poem. Um, from a tree's perspective. And it makes you feel and follow the, the life and death of this tree. So, yeah. The Last Stop by Holly Day. Well done. I enjoyed it. It, it invoked an emotion. And then we have Copper Rose between the green bean casserole and the pumpkin pie. And I don't know about you, but I think we've all sat down at a family dinner that's been something like this. So, well done, Copper Rose. This was very good, and it made me laugh, made me wince, because it's like, oh, yeah. I had a relative like that. That uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's my mom. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Everything has to be perfect. So between the green bean casserole and the pumpkin pie, just in time for Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. As Canadians have already had our Thanksgiving. So then we have Knowing Warfare by John Gray, and this is. Um, I don't want to say a beautiful poem because it's not. It's full of very dark imagery and um, shocking imagery. But war is shocking. Battlefields are shocking. They should be shocking. We should be shocked. So I think you would, you'll enjoy that. That is Knowing Warfare by John Gray. I enjoyed it. And then there's Moments by Welkin Siskin. And he always brings us um, wonderful poems that are deep and, and, and almost like a written dance with the words that, that he's choosing and that he's blending together. So that's Moments by Welkin Siskin. And then we have The Voyage by Christopher Weiss. And this is basically a love letter to his wife before she was his wife. And he says some beautiful things in this that really make you go, yeah, love is never having to say you're sorry. That's wrong. Um, it's absolutely beautiful and it's written with heart and emotion and you can almost palpably feel the love that he has for this woman. Um, she's a lucky woman. So that is The Voyage by Christopher Bice. 
and I can never say this word. Reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah. By Lally Napier. And yeah, every writer has gone through this. Every painter has gone through this. Um, a lot of times when we write, especially if we're writing something emotional, we are basically peeling off a scab and pouring our own emotion from a traumatic situation that pertains to what we're writing onto the page. We are bleeding for you. We are crying for you. We are aching and hurting and dying for you. Ooh. So that is what this poem is about. And at least I think this is what this poem is about. So you need to check it out. Reciprocity by Lally Napier. And then you have Find Yourself by Kevin Magnus. And this is, see, a lot of our poems have been very emotional this month. Um, delving into personal emotions and sometimes dark personal emotions. And this one by Kevin, who we all know is emo to begin with and dark and, and disturbing. This one is a little more so because this is more personal. This is, is, um, he's not just brooding about how horrible he thinks things are and how horrible he feels. He's reflecting on the life that is carrying on around him that is contributing to his darkness and the loss, even though the person is still alive, the loss of the relationship with a sibling. So that's Find Yourself by Kevin Magnus. And that rounds out our poetry section. And then we have the art gallery. And in the art gallery, you will find Chieftain by Denny Marshall. Denny, Denny E. Marshall. NCC 1701 by Lally Napier, which is... Then we have uh, Machine of War by Ed Bickford. And The Underdogs of the Empire by David K. Montoya, which is also the cover of our magazine in honor of The Mandalorian coming out. I say it is, so there you go. As you see, as you've read in Day's commentary, I am the boss. <laughs> And that is our art gallery. And then we have our reviews. And we have um, a review of Paradise Hills by Jason Bashard. And I look forward to his movie reviews every month. I really do. I love how he writes them. I love the humor that he puts into them. Um... I mean, he gives you his honest opinion. He doesn't like something. Believe me, you'll know. So I, I kind of want to see Paradise Hills just to see if I can contradict what he says because he kind of calls you out on that. So review of Paradise Hills by Jason Bashard. And then we have a review of Greg Isles' Turning Angel, which I did. And I'm, again, not a crime novelist, not big into crime, but this book kind of pulled me in. It's a darker um, crime type story and it's set in the deep south in Mississippi um, which is one of the favorite areas for me. So that's Greg Isles, Turning Angel. And then we have a video game review. See Kevin did come up for a while from being dark and broody and he did a hilarious video review, video game review of Super Mario Brothers 3. So, I hope you enjoy that. I know I did. And then we have our new resident art reviewer, Michael A. Arnold, and his debut review as art reviewer, review of the Dante Death Mask, and anybody who's read any of the Dan Brown books, Da Vinci Code and um, 
angels and demons in Inferno, you will know Dante's Death Mask. And then we have commentary from the founder by David K. Montoya. And he has some interesting things to tell us in there. And then in interviews, we have the interview with Michelle E. Lowe by our resident psychopath, the Mythmaster. And you can read a little bit of, of what she, she has going on. And then you can click the link and um, check out the second best podcast around. And that is Mythmaster Unleashed. And you can click on the podcast page as well. And that will take you directly to that podcast. And you can also go back if you've missed one. And you can listen to all 10 previous podcasts. And don't forget to leave him a comment, a suggestion, you know, cookies. Somebody send them a postcard on Mr. Whiskers. <laughs> and that rounds out our magazine for this month. I hope you enjoyed the review. I enjoy doing them because I enjoy reading each and every piece that comes in. And the ones that make it to the magazine are ones that I really, really like. It's kind of fun being the editor because I get to put in there what I want because I like it. That's all I have to say is I like it. So don't forget to check us out on Facebook at the World of Myth Magazine and the World of Myth Bits podcast and on Twitter at the World of Myth Magazine and the World of Myth Bits podcast. And you can find the podcast itself at uh, the jaysomon.com website. That's J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com. And don't forget to go to www.theworldofmyth.com and read the magazine. Vote on your favorite story. Leave comments for the authors. Let them know why you liked or did not like the story. You can even comment anonymously. Those that tell us we suck, do comment anonymously. So, all right, everybody, have a great week, and I will chat with you all again next week. And next week, we're going to be talking about priorities. So, okay, everybody, have a great week. See ya. The world of myth bits.